Hi, beautiful friends, and welcome back to Faithfield Woman. This is Kristen. Today, I have a guest with me, and we have such an uplifting and inspiring conversation for you. We are going to talk about going from struggling with medical diagnosis and chronic illness and our impression of ourselves to living a life that is full of health and personal transformation and enriching our relationship with God and gratitude and how that changed our guests' lives. It is so powerful, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith-Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what He has for us? I'm Kristen. I'm an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have a lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God and design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited, and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen. And let's be encouraged. Hi, today on the podcast, I would like to welcome our guest, Erin Wood. She is an ontological life coach with Empower Me Coaching, and she lives in Appleton, Wisconsin with her husband of 14 years and their two dogs, Pippin and Gracie May. And I am so excited for this conversation today, you guys, because she is going to share with us all the things she's walked through that so many of us can relate to. We're going to talk about stepping through many medical diagnoses and chronic fatigue. We're going to talk about stepping through depression and anxiety. We're going to talk about shifting our identity as someone we that has chronic illness and limitations to someone that understands how God sees them in the world and how they're showing up in their lives to live their fullest lives. So I'm excited. I know you're going to get so much out of this conversation. So welcome, Erin. Well, thank you for the warm introduction. Absolutely. So I really do appreciate you being with us today. And, you know, I can just tell from us talking earlier that, you know, you're showing up in the world and you're just, uh, you're a light in such a lighthearted soul. And uh, I'm just so glad you're joining us today. So can you start with just sharing us a little bit about your backstory and your journey? Because you've walked through lots of medical diagnosis and, and things up till now. Yes, definitely. Um, I'll start with the preface that I was a really, I came from a loving, you know, very Catholic family, full of faith and love. Um, I was just, I knew unconditional love my whole entire life and it was beautiful. And I loved myself. I had high confidence. I had self-esteem. I was a great student. I was a star athlete. And then one day I was like, overnight I woke up and I stopped healing. I got tired. I had these migraines and um, it took a long time. But at age 16, I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I stopped being able to play sports. I wouldn't recover from my injuries. And I barely made it out of bed and couldn't go to school. I um, didn't officially homeschool myself, but I had to start. I transferred high schools to the local Catholic high school. Well, and I started really taking care of um, my own studies. I made it to school maybe once a week. Mm-hmm. And um, I was lucky I was blessed. I was smart enough to keep up with my courses. courses. And then, you know, um, it got downhill from there. 
Center. I got into my dream college, CW Madison. Um, long, you know, it was a long journey. I had to um, withdraw 30 credits away from graduating. But um, I learned that I wasn't perfect. I started to fail for the first time in my life and other things besides being sick. You know, life got hard. I was depressed starting. Once I got sick, I, I started um, the depression. Um, the anxiety and panic attacks started in college. I thought I was having a heart attack. I woke up one morning in my sorority house, house and I thought I was going to die. Yeah. I, I was the scariest thing. And, um, but there are a lot of blessings, a lot, a lot of blessings that happened in my life. If I, um, it took a long time, but I met my husband, um, when I was 21 in the crisis center, I was a volunteer crisis counselor and he was doing his master's degree in social work. And, um, through the grace of God, he stayed with me. We connected and maybe a month after we met, I ended up going on bed rest. I mean, I dropped out of school right after we met. I didn't get out of bed for almost a year because of this horrible medication that just drank me down. And But we made it together. And he's been my biggest champion and cheerleader and just loves me unconditionally too. You know, and when we started to try to have kids, I went on fertility medicine. One of my many diagnoses was polycystic ovarian syndrome. And the fertility medicine made me crazy. Oh, it was horrible. We started fighting for the first time. It was rough. And one day I started not being myself. I was in nursing school at this time. I'm and um well no this so before before my big start I started off in nursing school and then things started happening and I got sick and I couldn't um um carry on with that mm-hmm. and then I had a major stroke oh um it was so scary and when I got to the hospital I had no movement in my right hand um I couldn't talk. I was, I wanted to go to sleep and, but I was too scared to, because I couldn't move my hand. And when I got all the testing, it turned out that I had three little TIAs, a little small strokes before this, which is, explains me not making it through nursing school. But, um, um, so no kids for me. Um, it was a blessing in the skies is I had this undiagnosed blood condition, which led to a diagnosis of lupus. And um, if I would have gotten pregnant, I would have either um, or both had multiple miscarriages and most likely would have died during childbirth. Mm, Wow. So, um, you know, little layers of, you know, blessings, the silver lining um, that I am so grateful for that I didn't have to go through all that loss and didn't have to make a decision or my husband, you know, my life or a child's life. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron, all of that that you walked through, and like you said, there was always still blessings and grace, even with all the hard things, right. In all the times where you didn't feel good and you were having to be in bed and you're having to figure out what all was going on. But so what shifted 
from going through all of that and getting these different diagnoses with the strokes and the lupus and stuff to where you're at today. So how did that, um, that mindset shift, uh, you know, maybe even seeing a relationship different with God, like what kind of happened after that point that kind of led you to what you're doing now in your work and sort of feeling somewhat better, right? I mean, to some extent. Sure. Um, it started slowly at first. Um, I hit rock bottom maybe five and a half years ago. So um, I went on a different medication that took away all of my feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. I didn't last on it long, but I had nothing. And um, it was horrible. Oh, and my mom was a psychotherapist. My husband's a trained psychotherapist. Um, and I got a lot of advice yes, and support. But when it came down to it, I just made that decision that I was going to be happy no matter what it took. I was so depressed. I was so anxious. I'm a very social person, but couldn't get out of bed or talk to people because I couldn't stop shaking with anxiety. And slowly, um, um, I started to transform. Um, um, it, it was a long time coming. Um, I was able to balance, um, myself with some natural, um, remedies. He is, um, just, to, um, I found CBD, no THC, um, <laughs> but, um, it gave me that little bit of well-being being mm-hmm. where, um, it was able to, balanced me out enough that I started to go off my pain medicine, go off my anxiety medicine. Um, I got a job for like the first time I was working 30 hours a week. um, I was always serving others. Serving others was the only thing that um, helped me. And at this time, I wasn't taking care of myself. And eventually, um, um, to about 18 months ago, I had this realization. I made a comment to my husband that I loved him so much more, you know, so much more than myself. Up in that point, maybe even more than God. And which felt so wrong to me. And my husband, oh my goodness, he did not stand for that. So I re-examined. I didn't think before I talked. That just kind of came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that something had a shift. So I started personal development books and classes, anything I can get a hold of. Um, and I decided that I was going to figure out what I was missing in life. I And um, although God has always been present, it wasn't always forefront. He wasn't always, yeah. he was there, but not always my guiding light, my first response. And um I started praying and having conversations, you know, that prayer of gratitude and surrender. And although um, I need a constant reminder, and but when I do that, life is easy and effortless. As, as I transformed my relationship with self-love, I got this confidence. I realized that although I was, in my mind, a good Christian, I took care of other people. I served. I um, My specialty was working with people with disabilities. I had been a crisis counselor for a while, but I was working with individuals with disabilities. 
but I wasn't taking care of myself. So mm-hmm. when I shifted and took that, had, um, made myself that first priority and started loving myself, well, that's when magic started happening. God was speaking through me. God was showing up in me, through me, mm-hmm. everywhere. I was noticing him in my animals, in nature, uh-huh. in the ordinary things. And mm-hmm. I started loving myself and believing in myself. I even lost 89 pounds in less than wow. a year. Wow. And and my health got better. I started exercising mm-hmm. and I'm aging backwards. I'm 42 going on 43 and I feel better and I think better than I did 10 years ago with my strokes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So much. And, you know, I, uh, well, I haven't walked through <laughs> very many medical um, diagnosis or challenges at this point. I definitely have had a similar journey in faith like you grew up my whole life, you know, in a faith, uh, faithful house. You know, my parents are both uh, faithful. Uh, they're both remarried, but, you know, um, they, they have their own walks of faith. But so I grew up that way. But like you, it's kind of like it was a little of an ebb and flow, which a lot of people experience that, right? Like a deepening um, relationship with God and then maybe not as much on the forefront. And then in the last, I don't know, probably decade, same, it's been getting uh, stronger, right? And more mm-hmm. um, in the forefront, more the focus, right? And absolutely my days where I start off in the morning, right? And make the time and have my prayer time and my quiet and, you know, um, pull out the journal or whatever I'm going to do. Absolutely. My day goes better. I'm a better person because of it, right? Like I'm more grounded. I'm more centered. I welcome in, um, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit's my day, but a hundred percent, my life feels better, right? And I, I find that I'm going at a different pace. And I think that's one of the things that I've found is much like you, I absolutely find and see God in nature and the wonder and, you know, in people and, you know, all the things. But I also find that I think most of most people that one of the reasons we have such a hard time is I say we're living at the pace of society, not at the pace of God. And if we would slow down what we fit into a day, things actually, there's more peace, there's more joy, there's more comfort because we're trying to fit into one day what's really meant for three days. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, but when we seek him, I think then our day feels better and we realize we don't have to cram, 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 right? You're, we're able to kind of say, okay, like what is actually important today? And like you, you know, so there's just so many things in what you said, uh, but that, and then the self-love thing, I mean, right, it goes back to how can we love our neighbor if well if we don't love ourselves? We can try, right. but to your point, the better you're able to love yourself, you can love pe- e- people even more than you were the way you were serving probably, right? Like at a deeper level, I'm guessing. Oh, definitely. One of those first lessons I learned is that you can't love someone the way they deserve to be loved mm-hmm. if you don't love yourself first. Yeah. And, you know, that identity issue, I identified as a chronically ill, disabled woman with limitations, too many limitations. I came from victimhood yeah. uh, um, all of my life. Life happened to me. Yeah. yeah. And I rationalized it. And my story was poor me. Look mm-hmm. at what happened to me. Yeah. And um, with that self-love switch, that, um 
I'm successful. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I have mm-hmm. joy. I am loved. I am love. Yeah. Um, um, and I truly believe that now that mm-hmm. identity switched. And like you were sharing, you know, seeing God in everybody, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, looking at that beauty within every single person. Yeah. And, you know, you judge yourself so critically and that judge, when you judge yourself, then you judge others. And um, when you can start seeing that beauty in yourself, then you can see that beauty in other people. Um, and life, you know, life is what it's meant to be. That Holy Spirit comes out of you and People see it in you and are drawn to you. And, you know, I didn't have many friends and all of a sudden people are drawn to me and I love it and I feel connected and I feel valued because I value myself and I'm connected to God and that connects me to humanity. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think also when we focus on our circumstances more than we focus on right love the mm-hmm. connection the grounding then it's easy to like they say are you happy well happiness right is based on our circumstances it's based on what's going on around us is this a happy experience which mm-hmm. nothing wrong with happiness but of course the bible talks a lot more about joy i think it's mentioned more than 400 times in the bible oh, but yeah. joy is that inner gladness that we get it's kind of a you know, it's one of the fruits of the spirit. And it's like you, we were able to start tapping into joy that we're promised, right? Like a, that inner gladness. And that's, I think what exudes out of us. And it means that no matter what we're walking through, we can still find joy and peace, even if something not ideal is going on in our lives, right? We can still, to your point, see those silver linings, see the blessings, see the kind nurse who's making a difference, see the person that we impacted their life while we're at the hospital or the school or whatever we're, we're doing. Right. And so I think that's how not only the shift in love, but the shift in perception, right? Like per, what, how we are perceiving the world is how we see our reality. Yes. You need to like pause and stop and live in the present moment mm-hmm. and look for those gifts and opportunities in every single, every single thing, there's a gift and opportunity in everything, the good and the bad. And you never know if something in life is really good or really bad, you know, because mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just the starting point and how it works out and how you react to it uh, and what you make out of it and how you show up in life. Mm-hmm. If, um, are you living? You know, as as Christ showing up through you, or you know, as victimhood showing up, right? Uh, so it's really, you know, it's really that beauty. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: for anybody that's maybe going through their, you know, they're they're walking through their own hard circumstances, whether that's a chronic illness or a medical diagnosis, or maybe it's grief or something else. What if you know you had you know really strong support, but obviously you also um, learned to do some more self-searching, self-reflection, um, finding or spending more time, right, in relationship with God. 
But are there any things you would just say to people that maybe they don't have the support or they're just not even sure? How do I even start to step out of woe is me or victimhood or, you know, starting to feel the way that you are able to move into feeling, you know, feeling that, um, feeling good about yourself and your life and starting to heal? It started with gratitude, honestly, um, and self-reflection and journaling. Um, really, when I was able to, I started you know, making a list of grateful things. And it was the same. My husband, my dog, my job, money. And then I started thanking God for who I was, for giving me this beautiful life. And thanking him and not just asking for help, but I thanked him for what I had. And then I was able to thank him for specifics. I would be able to get descriptive. That sunset, thank you for this waking up and feeling good, waking up and getting out of bed, waking up. And although I have a headache, I can get out of bed. You know, thank him for those small yeah, mundane, ordinary things and being descriptive and yeah. not just lists, you know, lists right. why and what did it impact it. Mm-hmm. I was thankful for the sunset because it gave me a moment to pause and reflect on the beauty mm-hmm. and see Christ in everything. Yeah. Thank you for getting me out of bed, even though my leg cramped and I was in so much pain. But knowing that if I got in that warm shower, and once I did, that the pain will start to dissipate, you know, those small baby steps, you know, thank him for everything. Absolutely. I've, um, excuse me, definitely gratitude is so important, you know, for definitely, well, for everyone, even someone that isn't um, strong in their faith at this point, right, on um, their relationship with God. Even research shows, right, scientific research that gratitude is one of the most important things for longevity, right? Deep connections is is one of the other ones, but it's so important. And like you, I have really gotten into a practice of doing the same, not just like where I started with gratitude, like you said, like I always write on my planner, you know, what I'm grateful for that day. Uh, but I have done the same, you know, like, okay, even if I'm eating, like, oh my gosh, even thank you for this delicious hazel. It makes my whatever it is, tastes so good, you know, and I'm walking through my garden, you know, thanking him specifically for, you know, something in it, because to your point, we're literally kind of um, allowing ourselves to enjoy the wonder, you know, of all these, the senses, because I talk about that as well. I know you do. Like, wow, like, look at the magic, right? Like, our eyes get to see, our ears get to hear, our taste buds get to taste, our nose smells, right? Our our touch. So yeah, I try to also, because it also slows us down, right? Mm -hmm. And it keeps us in a state of awareness, in a state of seeing those little tiny miracles that happen every day, right? Like a sunset every day is different. There's blues and purples and reds and Mm -hmm. oranges and peaches. And it's like, it is literally like a painting every night, you know, when you see it. And but I, a lot of times we get so busy, we don't even notice. You right. know, so we have to take the time. And I think gratitude allows us to do that. Yeah. And for those who don't have a support system, um, there are a lot of things that you can do. You always have yourself. Uh, and um, 
you know, I had a great support system. I mean, my husband is going to start the seminary in uh, September. So, but you know what? I didn't listen to him. I didn't listen to my mom. I didn't listen to anything. And, um, I didn't listen to myself. But, you know, the, the only voice that matters in life is your own. So you have to be kind and gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. I call, you know, that devil and angel. I yeah. call mine my David and Goliath. So I really, I really try to get my David to, you know, stand up and speak louder. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Goliath to not be so big and mean. <laughs> right. Because, um, when it comes down to it, you know, that inner voice, that inner critic is what, what destroys you. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it triggers you to judge other people too. Yeah. I just recently came up with this, came across this exercise and, um, just really recently where, um, you know, your essence, God gave you this essence that you were born with, um, and that's who you were as a child before you started to judge yourself to avoid life. All the other, you know, sabotaging things that came in your life, they they were, they came for a reason to protect you, but we don't need them anymore. Yeah. So um, I was told to look at a picture of myself as a child mm-hmm. and see that essence of who I was before yeah. all those bad things. And for me, I was, I loved myself till I was 16. You know, so I got a picture of myself as maybe three or four. Yeah. Or, and then I came up with an I am statement. So yeah. right in front of me, I have a picture of Jesus and a picture of myself as a child that yeah. says, I am love and love embodying spirit, optimism, bravery, serenity, and expansion. I am beautiful, perfect, and divinely created with unconditional love. I am loved, curious, excited, and free, embracing playfulness, success, intelligence, and abundance. I radiate joy and embrace the boundless potential within me shining love and love light upon us all so mm. just recently i put that as my phone screen yeah. in my lap and have it everywhere because i, I have my i have my kid yeah. picture right here too so absolutely mm-hmm. i've done similar exercises um i love that and it's true uh not only remembering like you said the essence who were we made to be before the world and all the messages got mm-hmm. piled on top right because it happens to most of us, right? Mm-hmm. That all of these messages and what we're told how we have to be kind of get, we get lost somewhere in there, right? That that part of us that God truly made us to be, uniquely to mm-hmm. be. And so I think that, yeah, any exercises like that that help us tap back into that are just, you know, they're so lovely. And the other thing, um, you know, I was about to say, as you started to share that was, and I don't always do it this way, but when we start to hear, like realize we're saying something about ourselves, whether it's our physical, you know, maybe we want something to be different or, or mm-hmm. tinier or whatever, or maybe it's, we don't like a choice we made, right? Like you said, the internal dialogue is just kicking in, right? We just, it's like some negative thought or, or maybe just some untrue thought or not as true as something else, you know, but if we can start catching those thoughts, we can replace it with something more true. You know, like we can say, is that true? Or can I say, gosh, my body's so strong. Wow, mm-hmm. I walked for two hours today or whatever it was. Not, 
huh, I have a little extra in the middle and focused on that, right? Like we can focus on how beautiful we are in some way, right? Whether it's we physically can get up and we can walk, we can, you know, we can do these amazing things. The other thing is a lot of people say is if you have some, something you're telling yourself, especially on repeat, like you said, if you journal, that's one way to start identifying some patterns. Mm-hmm. Then we, if you look to the Bible, what does it say about whatever the topic is? And often you're going to find that what you're repeating to yourself isn't really true, right? It doesn't match up with what God says about, you know, mm-hmm. us. And so I think, you know, sometimes it takes, no, it does take self-reflecting and it takes noticing how we're speaking to ourselves, you know, to, um, to realize we need to shift it. Yeah. So I take it that step farther. I correct often, um, you know, my self-talk, but I also try to visualize is the feelings. And so I elevate that feeling. Yeah. So I truly believe and embody what it feels like to be yeah. joyful, what it feels like yes. to be successful, what it feels like to be nice mm-hmm. is because um, if you're feeling, if you don't believe what you're saying, right. And sending that out to the universe and you yeah. want to send out that feeling that goes along with those words. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because, you know, they say, right. I mean, they say so many things, but I mean, literally words, I, I was just finishing, um, I just finished Mark Batterson's newest book. Um, I think it's please, sorry, thanks. But, you know, he's talking about the whole concept of words create worlds. Mm-hmm. Well, not only the world did they create, right? In Genesis, but our words create the world or the perception of reality that we believe and live in. And so if you want to change your life, you have to start with your words. Yeah. You believe in your words, I should say, excuse me, mm-hmm. you know, right. It can't just be talk. It has to be knowing that your words have so much power, right? They have power to heal. They have power to harm. They have power to, to, you know, uh, transform power to provide um, growth, learning, connection. And so we have to understand, yes, that words matter, What how we speak to ourselves and others matter, but also are we believing what we're saying? You know, are you, yeah. like you said, do you feel it? Yeah, it reminds me, you know, that childhood rhyme, sticks and stones, um, yeah. you know, break bones, but yeah. yeah. Well, sticks and stones, yeah. I can't think of that. It's, it's so common because my oh. version is sticks yeah. and stones may break bones, but words shatter the soul. Yeah. Well, um, I didn't, co- you know, I didn't come up with it. I heard it somewhere yeah. and that stuck with me. That words shatter the soul because to others and to your own, um, they're weapons, you know, they're brutal. And when you um, remember that your outer world follows your inner world, right? That, you know, that it helps shift that. Absolutely. And yeah, there's a quote that I saw a couple of years ago that I've shared before, and I'm trying to remember the exact words. I don't know if I'll think of the exact words, but it basically says something like, your thoughts actually dye or color your soul with dye. In other words, you, you know, you they it has um, impact, right? It has long-term ramifications until you change it. In other words, the sooner we can start talking you know, from a place of love and kindness, you know, hope and, you know, 
God's truth, the, the sooner we're going to, you know, our soul, the color that we're putting in there is going to be good. You know, it's not going to be dark and hard to kind of want to wake up and show up in the world, right? It's so it matters for sure. Yeah, definitely. I spoke as a victim. And sometimes when I try to talk about my past, I still come from victimhood. Yeah. But, and I am working to come at cause, you know, from, you know, because I am this beautiful woman created in the image of God, mm-hmm. perfect, just the way I am. Yeah. And um, I need to come from that place yeah. in everything I do and every yeah. word I say, every thought I think, and especially when I describe myself and my health. Right. Because I am not a victim. I can take those circumstances and find the gifts and opportunities in them Mm, and those silver linings. And I've started, you know, my own business. I, I work full time and I have my own business as, um, you know, I, you know, I'm a puppy mom. Um, we have a wonderful family. Um, I do a lot of volunteer work and I make a difference. I add value. Yeah, because I value myself. Mm, so, so good. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think two of the things, two of the points or tips that you, you know, talk about is, and I so align with this as well, embracing life fully, right? And then also taking ownership of our life, which we've really talked, you know, about both of those things, you know, maybe not using those exact words, but, and it's so important, right? So taking um, ownership of our life is much about what you said, which is, I'm not a victim and I can, I can see myself, right? I can understand my worth. I can understand and love myself. I can care for myself, you know? And when I do those things, I can then take ownership from a place of um, healing, right? A place of uh, understanding my value. And so I think that's really important. Probably even one of the first steps we should take if we're struggling with that, you know, and much like the journaling and the gratitude, of course. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that's, um, yeah, but the ownership, important. yeah, definitely. You have to own what you do wrong too. And, mm-hmm. um, when you, when you, you know, when you mess up, I mean, there's, you know, I like to look at life as everything is perfect. There are no problems. They're just opportunities is, but own, own what you could have said better. Own yeah. how, how harmful you could. So you become aware of it. So you don't do it again. And, you know, and realize that you have a choice in everything and showing up responsible and Mm -hmm. owning your choices and the, you know, the cause and effect and other people, you know, intention is very different from impact. So you you could have the best intentions, but the impact you have on someone or yourself can be vastly different Mm -hmm. and own it. So, and apologize yeah, and, and try to, you know, do better the next time, but don't judge yourself. Right. Just acknowledge it yeah. and see that, oh, I learned something from this. Next time I'm going to do this. Absolutely. To the best of my ability, because that's all you can do in life. That's you right. can't be perfect. Yeah. You just can do the best you can in that moment. Right. Yes. And how can you, how can you practice forgiveness if you can't even forgive yourself? Right. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's this whole thing, right? It's what you want to get, right. Um, 
We, you know, you want to have love in the world. You want to get love. We have to, like you said, we have to practice it, you know, not just to our neighbor, not just to our spouse or, but we have to be able to do it ourselves. And like you said, part of that is realizing when we, you know, don't do something, you know, the way we want to or should and, and correcting, learning, growing. And so, yeah, yeah, I think that's important. That practice and practice is so important. I love to read and learn Uh and then I get so tired. You know, I, I spend my time reading and learning and observing everything yes. in these books, but I don't take when I'm working on this. I do now take the time yeah. to put it in action. I yeah. meet these wonderful people, but then I don't follow through. You know, so taking, putting into action what you learn yes. into a daily practice or a weekly yeah. practice yeah. is so vital. Absolutely. Well, even, you know, even, uh, you know, I, I see many people put some sort of statement like, you know, knowing Bible um, verses is great, but practicing, right, what what's in the Bible, that's, that's what matters, right? In other words, we can read to your point, whether it's scripture or it's something we're learning in some other book, but you have to apply it to your point. You have to actually then implement what what we're learning, what we know, how we're supposed to live. Right. And so it does matter, right, that we're putting it in practice, if you will. Yeah, you've got to live it. Yeah. Yeah. Express it. Embrace it. Become Mm. it. Absolutely. So, Aaron, what might be one last tip or piece of encouragement you would like to leave the audience, the listeners with um, just to encourage them in their faith journey and maybe encourage them if maybe it's a hard season for them? Um, I want, you know, to say that you need to, um, take care of yourself first. First, um, it's not selfish to take care of yourself and get your needs met. If you take care of others first, you become emotionally bankrupt. You don't have the energy reserve to take care of others. And one of the things to take care of yourself first is by noticing what you what you surround yourself, the media, the TV shows you watch, the books you read, the people you're around. Are you only with people that are dramatic? Or are you with people that are on your same level that raise you up? Yeah. Uh, you know, surround yourself with that positivity so you can take care of yourself first and then you have that energy to make others a priority especially those moms out there those caretakers taking care of your parents mm-hmm. and you know that volunteer first first you know where do you think you get that energy to do all those great things it's not in God alone you know it's by taking care of yourself first because you cultivate and nourish and appreciate that God within you, that divine. Mm -hmm. So you can share that energy to everybody, you know, that you come in contact with. Absolutely. Oh, so, so lovely said. So Erin, can you tell us how can people connect with you online on your website, or maybe you're also the best place on social to connect with you? Yes. Um, my business is called Empower Me Coaching LLC. 
So you can read um, find me at empowermecoachingllc.com or uh, my G, uh, my Gmail is empowermecoachingllc at Gmail. I am just starting because I feel really strongly um, that besides just following me on Facebook, I'm Erin Carolwood on Facebook because that's my main name. I am just starting a group called Circle of Empowered Heart-Centered Souls because I want a community of like-minded people. So you can, um, I'm there. I'm on LinkedIn um, right now. Um, I'm trying to just show up on Facebook and Instagram. I just connect my accounts. So I um, do everything via Facebook and my website. So wonderful. Well, Erin, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your story and for so openly sharing how you walked through you know, kind of being in more of a uh, victim mindset into healing and just really understanding who you were meant to be in the world and then showing up that way, both in your own life and your relationships, serving your community and also stepping up and coaching others, um, you know, as you're building this business. So thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. There was so much good stuff in the conversation that I had with Erin today, and I'm so glad that I could bring her on to share that with you. I just want to share a really quick little part of Mark Batterson's book, Please Sorry Thanks With You, that had to do with gratitude and our attitude that I think was really uh, spoke to the conversation that we had today. He says, doubt is letting your circumstances get between you and God. I'm certainly not suggesting that you ignore reality. You need to confront the brutal facts, but you need to do so with unwavering faith. Faith is putting God between you and your circumstances. If you want to move from languishing to flourishing, there are no easy answers. There are new quick fixes, but this I know for sure. You won't get there without gratitude. You can't control your circumstances, but you can control your response. Gratitude is the difference between bitter and better. And, you know, I think the thing is, is if we want to feel better, if we want to have a better connection with ourself, with others, and with God so that we can love our neighbor as ourself. It starts with gratitude. It starts with curiosity and paying attention to what's around us. It starts with the words we use, both internally and externally. It starts, much like Aaron said, it starts with knowing that the words, the the way we're talking to ourselves, what we're putting into our minds matters. They have impact. So if you want to change your life, if you want to change your relationship with yourself, with others and with God, it starts with getting clear on how you're speaking and then believing as you change those thoughts, believing what God says, what's his truth, and then believing what you're telling yourself. So it all comes down to those things. What is God's truth? Are you being grateful? Are you showing gratitude? Are you praising and worshiping God? And are you being careful? And are you monitoring the language you use? Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend, 
And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in. 